13 minutes it is before 8 p.m. We first go into our wrap of the top business stories, and I'm joined on the line to take a look at some of these big stories by Nolwandle Mtombeni, who's an independent market analyst. And Nolwandle, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, Ibonga. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How's it? I'm good, thanks. So, Nolwandle, I want us maybe to start off in India uh, with our story here. Now, it seems uh, many big players in the world, uh, if you think about how uh, U.S. technology is, is, is uh, not accepted or banned in uh, uh, the People's Republic of China. Uh, many people see, I guess, the second uh, uh, most populous nation there, uh, 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 right next to China, India, as, I guess, the, the next best thing uh, when it comes to the kind of numbers uh, that justify investments in uh, uh, many telco industries. And it seems now that Google, uh, alongside others, has uh, uh, partnered with the Reliance Group, a massive group there in India, uh, linked to Mukesh Ambani, uh, to uh, roll out an accessible and affordable uh, smartphone. Uh, I guess this is in response to India, where every single day there are new uh, users being onboarded onto the internet and onto e-commerce and onto all of the different platforms. And it certainly comes at a timely moment uh, with uh, what's happening with the advances with 5G. What's happening here? 4.5 billion US dollars, we understand. Yes. So, I mean, India is basically the, the new China, if we put it that way. Because if you look at the growth rate that's projected out of China from terms of GDP perspective, um, you know, pre-COVID is looking at about 7%, over 7% for the next five years. So it really is a growth node where there's been many, you know, global players trying to get into India for those very reasons. Um, so it's a very fast-growing economy. In terms of this investment that the tech firms are coming into, this is because the actual penetration in terms of, you know, of smartphone penetration in India, it's less than 30% of the population. So you have these guys coming in there. Um, now uh, Google's sister is Facebook coming through, and obviously they got through because of the relationships with, with, with geo platforms. They're able to, you know, grow their user base. And now Google's coming in also. Um, and geo is important because it's, um, I think, one of the largest network providers, telecom companies there. So now with this investment, Google is going to partner with Geo to create a cheap smartphone, um, which will you know become affordable and also help the growth of penetration to the market. And obviously, being a big market, being the high population, um, the population being so high in India, it's quite a big growth node for any tech company coming into here. And it's only, I mean, I guess for 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 an entity like Google, uh, there's all manner of um, not only data plays that they could benefit from, but uh, uh, I guess uh, a potentially large market to tap into for all of the other products as well. And uh, for, for the Reliance Group and for GOE in this particular case, I mean, what's in it for them? So I think, you know, I mean, you know, for, for, for obviously, you know, Google is really a, a marketing, I mean, an advertising company. Um, so as much as many users that can get on the platform and benefit them, I think also access. Access is good for, for consumers and subscribers. Obviously, mm-hmm. the internet is big, and if you have at your fingertips, it makes life easier. So, I mean, there's million, million, million and one benefits for any user to be able to have a smartphone, as we know. Um, you know, Google Maps. I mean, what would you do without Google Maps? Especially, imagine in India. So, um, you know, I mean, the, the benefits for any for any human being, in fact, having access of a, of a smartphone um, are quite massive. So I think it just and it becomes and remember you know it's one of the things that you can't let go once you have you can't you, you can't live your life without one. So I think there's many benefits for 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 the users to have this relationship and creating that access. Um, and these are life changing things. So I mean these, you know and that's why it's going to be it's, it's still a good market where there's lots of opportunity. Yeah, yeah.
certainly one we want to watch uh, quite closely there, Noluandle. Uh, I want us to take a quick break now, but uh, when we come back, we'll take a look at what's happening in the construction sector and I guess for all of our commitment uh, to an infrastructure-led recovery uh, uh, responding to the onset of COVID-19. It seems that um, uh, a civil uh, tender values are down 58%. And uh, not only we'll take a look at, I guess, what all of that means for contractors, uh, suppliers and many workers in that particular industry. We'll also take a look at uh, the consumer price inflation numbers that came through from Stats SA. And uh, we had to record these numbers in a way different to how they've done it historically. But I guess also uh, those numbers coming much, much lower than what we've seen in the last 15 to 16 years or so. Eight minutes it is. Uh, before 8 p.m. it's our business wrap. And we're taking a look at the big stories in the marketplace that have been moving asset values uh, on this Wednesday, and I'm joined by Nolwantle Mtombe, an analyst and market commentator, uh, to take a look at some of these stories. Now, Nolwantle, uh, inflation, uh, consumer price inflation coming in much, much lower than what we've seen, and I guess a lot of this uh, in the month of May having to do with the impact of uh, 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 contained uh, economic activity and I guess uh, restrictions on the mobility of many consumers, uh, which have uh, had a muted impact or I guess uh, a dampener. Uh, on uh, price movements. So what's happening here and uh, what does it mean to see inflation uh, breaching that 3 to 6% range? So I think, you know, the big standout for me in these numbers was um, obviously the petrol price. So we kind of forget that, you know, um, where it was sitting last year. And I think, you know, when compared to the numbers that the petrol price for inland 95 was 16.65 and now it's like 12, 12, 12 rand or something like that. So there's mm. still that effect of the petrol on a year-in-year basis is still significant and it's showing up in these numbers. So the year-in-year number will continue to surprise us, I imagine, um, for the next few months because um, we're still comparing to last year's numbers. So that was a mm. big, you know, big swing factor. And obviously, you know, that has a filtering effect. Um, and the other parts of the baskets were, were more or less above the, the, the target band of, of the mid-range, should I say, of between 4.5 to 6%. So mm-hmm. uh, you can see that, you know, the transport part of the basket, you know, had a big impact in terms of the number. Um, so if you strip that out and there wasn't that shock from the oil price that has to do nothing, there's nothing to do with everything for Africa, but sure, rather a global sure. price war, it would probably be in line with the expectations and wouldn't be this low. Yeah. But overall so, so now... What, what should we expect then, Nolwandi? I mean, if, if we're seeing oil prices recover... Uh, nowhere near, of course, historical levels, but they are recovering mm. somewhat from uh, the levels that we saw around April and May and uh, even towards the tail end of March. What happens when? What happens to this inflation number when uh, the oil price, uh, the Brent crude oil price, recovers uh, to its historic levels? Well, and I think we're going to see it because we've seen we've already had two price hikes already um, coming through after May. So, I mean, in June, there was one another one in, Ju- in July, actually. So we've had two price hikes. So these effects will probably start filtering, will we'll, we'll offset each other eventually, especially where the rand is pretty much stable. You know, it hasn't moved that much. So some of this effects will obviously through the next print are going to be, you know, going to see the inflation creep a bit up. So that's why many economists are forecasting that this is the trough of the surprise. And going mm-hmm. forward from here, that is going to increase. As far as, you know, expectations and what this means for specifically, you know, monetary policy decisions, um, you know, the forecasts are still looking at the next at the next point to be 50 bips. Um, so there's not been any change because really this is just a, a one-point number where it's expected to trough. And because the expectations are still for it to move closer to the midpoint um, or, you know, higher than three, um, you know, it doesn't mean that there'll be any adjustment to the 50 bips expectation.
Mm-hmm. Let's take a look now at the construction sector. Uh, it seems like some of the uh, tender values are down uh, 58% here. And I'm quite interested, I guess, in what all of this means for the construction sector for, for, for a wide array of reasons. I mean, I guess the first one is it's a critical part of how we're thinking about the recovery from COVID-19. But secondly, massive employer of those with very limited or no skill at all uh, and really able in a depressed business cycle like the one we find ourselves in to be able to give some employment uh, to many of those who ordinarily would not have it. Yeah, so I mean, you know, the construction sector has been on its knees for quite a number of years now. I think we've, you know, gone through so many you know, listed counters. I'm having to delist and file for bankruptcy. Group 5 is the, the the freshest one, you know, in my mind that happened, you know, just, at the, just about 18 months ago or so. So, um, so, really, even before COVID, the industry was really, really struggling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these are obviously numbers that happened for the first two quarters, where we know in the second quarter, every print that we expect to come out now is going to be bad. We expect the numbers to be bad. You know, we shouldn't be shocked that every number is going to be you know, over fifty percent down. Um, but you know, you know, there is one sort of saving grace, but then put it that way, is that, you know, the government is going to focus on infrastructure. So we're gonna infrastructure spend our way out of this mess according to government, um, you know, in terms of the plan proposed by, by the president. Um, there's no house exactly yet. Not like the 2010 World Cup where we that we had that we had timelines on and had specific things to do. But the last mm-hmm. time we were in a recession, which is very very different, um, you know, in you know you know these specific projects and they're not going to be to the magnitude as, for example, a a, a World Cup and building stadiums, so many stadiums, yeah. big stadiums. So, but know, I guess if we're talking about tender values, uh, uh, I guess if we're talking about tender values, uh, we certainly would want to. I remember that in that context, there was also massive uh, overinflation of some of the numbers uh, involved mm. in some of those bids. So um, it certainly does place that into context. Yeah. So there definitely is that there was an uh, you know element, but even for these kind of values, the elements of the, the values are probably going to be very small anyway, because we don't mm. have still the scale of the projects will not be as you know massive. Um, I know. It's, for you know, a number of places, there were really ongoing infrastructure projects within various regions. I know they cited as Gauteng being one where it's been you know you know been been done. But if you think of our country and economy in terms of infrastructure spend, um, the really massive big scale projects like highways and freeways and bridges, they've really largely been done. So those are the really big ticket tender items. Um, so this are you know the, the ones that the economy needs now are not as big projects. Um, you know, so it's also going to do with urbanization, how much urbanization is there as well that's going to push that. Um, so it really depends. And, you know, so I think even from, you know, the kind of project that they're going to bring out, you know, I, I, I wish to see exactly which is. Um, I know, you know, many countries are embarking some projects already, but it's enough to pull us out of recession. Um, I think these tender numbers are still going to be quite low for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, Interesting story here because I mean, and I say interesting because uh, I've certainly also, I think, been on the receiving end of this particular one. Hackers are circulating more than 15 billion stolen logins. So these are user username and password combinations on the dark web. So let's maybe start off here. What is the dark web? Uh, and I guess what's, uh, what's in it for many of these hackers who are effectively exchanging many of these uh, username and password combinations online? I think I'm more interested in you being at the receiving end of this. <laughs> I think you're going to have to, you know, kind of, you know, um, 
kind of fill us in on that. But in terms of, you know, what the dark web <laughs> is, <laughs> it's really just, you know, the part of the internet where, you know, search engines can't find it. So it really is the internet that is not, you can't really see it. So, you know, you use your search engine and beyond that, there's a, you know, another web, but you don't have access to it. So it's sort of like, you know, if you have a building, if you have a, your building behind the building, the, the inner parts behind the wall, the, the whatever it is, the, the bricks in between the walls that you can't really see when you're looking at a wall that's already painted. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, it's a summary of what the dark web is. And beyond the wall, you've got the dark web where people have access to that so that, you know, they can sort of see through the wall, you know, you can't see them. Um, and you're putting in your, your, your passwords and everything, and they're sitting there behind the wall, and they can pick up the, your, your data, your passwords, your username and everything. And they use it to do something that you're going to tell us about, <laughs> which you have experience in. So that's really it, and that's what hackers do. They, they, they make use of the dark web. Um, they have access yeah. to things that the user on the front, front, you know, the front line and the front-facing part, you, do, you don't see and it seems like it's 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 you know it's more widespread than we actually know in terms of you know the the ability to you know sell off your information and monetize it and you know find people and you know it's cross difference it's actually many so um mm-hmm. you know we think that it's not as pervasive as it is but it seems like it is it's it's quite widely spread yeah 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 it's certainly yeah, i mean yeah just uh and maybe one day I can talk about this experience. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm sure your listeners would like to know some of these things. Huh? Ah, yeah, yeah, I'm sure your listeners would like to know. <laughs> no, let, let me first let me first gather my intel and, uh-uh, let me first gather my intel and find out Barney Lona who's trying to uh, invade our firewalls and everything else. But uh, I mean, I can say that uh, this is certainly lucrative business because if it wasn't, then they wouldn't do it. And you often see a spike in this kind of hacking behavior and activity when you know, economic activity or economic conditions change, which also shows that I guess uh, many of these people are very well-skilled, sophisticated a set of capabilities here. And, uh, you know, add to that, people having a lot of time on their hands and you've got a very toxic mix. Yes, I mean, I have to just emphasize that this is a bank's biggest nightmare. So, you know, and we've seen many news of even our banks coming through where there's been fraud and there's, you know, they've really had to invest because the more you get, you know, you you digitize your banking and offering, you know, the more Mm. you have to spend on cybersecurity, which is at a cost that we don't actually know. They might be spending a lot of IT, but they also have to, within that IT, is making sure that everything is secure. So, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a cost of digitizing and the cost of technology, the cost of the world that we're moving into is that for all the good things we're getting out of being able to have technology, the cost is, you know, there's somebody who can hack us now, it's easier, the access is much easier, then you have to physically walk to a bank and deposit and then come back, you know, your risk there is someone hijacking you or robbing you, but actually it's much easier for someone over the bit to just steal your details. Hmm. Yeah, ID theft and uh, information theft, I certainly, mm. I guess, think is the criminality of the future. Nolwandi, yeah. always a pleasure catching up with you. We'll have to leave it there. Uh, but uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. My pleasure. Awesome stuff. That there's Nolwandi Mtombeni. She's an analyst and a market commentator speaking to us uh, for our business wrap here on Metro FM Talk. Let's take this brief break. When we come back uh, in uh, the next few minutes or so, we're going to catch up with 360 Biopharmaceuticals. They're a division within 360 Global Solutions Group, which uh, is a Noomsa investment company. And they've partnered with an Indian uh, uh, entity here, Jubilee uh, uh, Generics, uh, to roll out Remdesivir, 
which is an antiviral drug that has shown some promise in treating COVID-19 and it's set to come to our shores here in South Africa in the month of August. So you certainly don't want to miss that. That's coming up in our tech conversations. Going to be joined by Kandani Msibi.